0: Part 5 of The Talking Thrush and Other Tales from India, retold by W. H. D. Rouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 5 The Jackal That Lost His Tail, The Wily Tortoise, The King of the Mice, The Valiant Blackbird, The Goat and the Hog. The Jackal That Lost His Tail. There was once a farmer who used to go out every morning to work in his field, and his wife used to bring him dinner at noon one day as the farmer's wife was carrying out the dinner to the field she met a jackal who said where are you going said she to my husband and this is his dinner said the jackal give me some or i will bite you so the woman had to give the jackal some of this food and when her husband saw it he said what a small dinner you have brought me to-day a jackal met me replied his wife and threatened to bite me if i gave him none All right, said the farmer. Tomorrow I'll settle with that jackal. On the morrow the farmer's wife went after the plough, and the farmer dressed up in her clothes and carried out the dinner. Again the jackal appeared. Give me some of that, said he, or I'll bite you. Yes, yes, good Mr. Jackal, said the man. You shall have some, only don't bite me. Then he set down the plate, and the jackal began to eat just scratch my back you woman said the jackal while i am eating my dinner yes sir yes sir said the man he began gently to tickle and scratch the back of the jackal and in the middle suddenly out with his knife and slish cut off the jackal's tail the jackal jumped up and capered about yow he went what has come to my tail oh dear how shall i swish away the flies oh dear how it hurts away he scuttled as fast as his legs could carry him when he got home all the jackals came round him and asked what had become of his tail the jackal was ashamed to have lost his tail which was a particularly long and fine tail but he pretended to like it poor fellow said the jackals where is your tail oh i had it cut off said the jackal and good riddance it was always in my way why i never could sit down in comfort and now look here he sat down on the place where his tail used to be and looked proudly around now you try said he they all tried and found that their tails got underneath them when they sat and it hurt their tails rather we never thought of that before said they we must get rid of these things who cut off yours oh a kind farmer's wife said the first jackal then he told them where the farmer's wife lived that evening a knock came at the farmer's door as the farmer and his wife were sitting at tea come in said the farmer the door opened and in trooped a number of jackals please mr farmer said they we want you kindly to cut off our tails willingly said the farmer whipped out his knife and in a jiffy slish 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 off came the jackals tails yow went the jackals capering about we didn't think it would hurt away they went and all the woods echoed that night with yowling and howling when they all got home they found the first jackal waiting for them he laughed in their faces now we're all alike said he all in the same boat are we said the other jackals and set on him and tore him to pieces now we must have our revenge on the farmer said the jackals when they had eaten up their friend so next morning they scampered off to the farmer's house The farmer was out, and his wife was gathering fuel. "'Good morning, Mrs. Farmer,' said the jackals. "'We have come to eat the farmer for cutting our tails off.' "'Ah, poor fellow,' said the farmer's wife. "'He is dead. When he saw how it hurt you to have your tails cut off, he just lay down on the bed and died of grief.' "'That's unlucky,' said the jackals. "'But we are preparing the funeral feast,' she went on. "'You see, I am now getting fuel for it.' "'Will you give us the pleasure of your company to dinner?' "'Gladly,' said the jackals. "'We would like to see the last of the poor fellow.' And then they ran away. At dinner-time they all came back and found chairs put for them and plates round the table, with the woman at one end. "'You can sit like Christians now,' said the farmer's wife, "'so I have set you a chair apiece.' "'Thanks,' said the jackals. "'That is thoughtful.' but i know the farmer's wife went on what quarrelsome creatures you are over your meat don't you think i had better tie you to your chairs and then each will have to keep to his own plateful a good plan the jackals said wagging their heads they had now no tails to wag and they had to wag something so the farmer's wife tied them tight to their chairs but how shall we eat said the jackals who could not stir a paw oh no fear for that i'll feed you then she brought out a steaming mess and put it in the middle of the table all the jackals sniffed at the steam and all their eyes were fixed greedily upon the meat they began to struggle softly softly good jackals said the farmer's wife but what a surprise awaited the jackals they were so intent upon watching the farmer's wife and the meat that none of them heard the door open and none of them saw the farmer himself creep softly in with a great club in his hand the first news they had of it was crack 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 all but three of the jackals looked round and they saw these three of their comrades with their heads smashed in lolling back in the chairs the farmer held the club poised in the air down it came crack on the head of the fourth jackal then all the others began yowling and struggling to get free but in vain the cords held them fast they could not stir and in five minutes all the jackals lay dead on the floor after that the farmer ploughed in peace and no one molested the farmer's wife when she brought his dinner the wily tortoise a fowler was bird catching in the jungle and snared a wild goose as he was carrying home his goose he sat down by a pond in this pond lived a tortoise and the tortoise put up his nose out of the pond to sniff the air he saw the fowler and the goose and being a very innocent tortoise he feared no harm but began to waddle towards them take care friend said the goose this fowler has caught me and he will catch you the tortoise waddled into the water again many thanks friend said he one good turn deserves another so saying he dived down into the pond and brought up a ruby here mr fowler said he take this ruby and let my friend the goose go the fowler took the ruby but he was very greedy so he said if you will bring me a pair to this i will let the goose go the tortoise dived down and brought up another ruby then the fowler let go the goose and said to the tortoise now hand over that ruby The tortoise said, "'Forgive me, I have made a mistake, and brought up the wrong ruby. Let me see the first, and if it does not match, I will try again.' The fowler gave back the first ruby. "'As I thought,' said the tortoise. Down he dived into the pond. The fowler waited a good long time, but nothing was seen of the tortoise. As you have guessed, when the tortoise found himself safe at the bottom of the pond, he stayed there. The fowler tore his hair and went home, wishing he had not been so greedy. THE KING OF THE MICE Far away in the forest was the kingdom of Mouseland. There was a great city, where every mouse had his little house, with doors and windows, tables and chairs, books for the grown-up mice, and toys for the children. There were little shops, where the mice bought clothes and food, and everything they wanted. There was a little church where they went on Sunday, and a reverend little mouse in a little lawn surplice to preach to them. There was a little palace, and in this palace lived the little mouse king. Now it happened that a caravan passed through the kingdom of the mice, not that the men of the caravan knew what a wonderful kingdom they were in. They thought it was just like any other part of the forest, and if they did happen to pass a mouse fortress or farmyard, they thought them nothing but heaps of earth just so if you were to fly up in a balloon and look down on your own house from the air it would seem like a little doll's house not fit for a child to live in this caravan as i have said was passing through mouseland and encamped in part of it once to spend the night one of the camels was very sick and as the owner of the camel thought it was sure to die he left it behind when the caravan went away but the camel did not die he very soon got as well as ever he was and when he got well he also got hungry so he strode all over mouse land eating up the crops of the mice and treading their houses down until at last he came to the mouse king's park he ate a great many trees in the mouse king's park and the keeper went in a hurry and flurry to tell the king o king said he a mountain several miles high has walked into your park and is eating everything up we must make an example of this mountain said the king or the whole earth may be moving next sandy said he to his prime minister who was a fox go and fetch that mountain to me so sandy the prime minister went to seek the mountain that was eating the king's park. next morning back he came leading the camel by his nose ring when the camel saw how little the king of the mice seemed to be he began to grunt and gurgle and sniffed with his funny mouth you know a camel has a mouth which looks as though it had two slits in it of the shape of a cross and when he wants to show his contempt for anything he pokes out his mouth like a 4 leaved clover and makes you feel very small Hello, said the camel is this your king i thought it was the lion who sent for me i would never have come for a speck like this then he turned round and walked out of the court and began to eat everything he came across the king was very angry but what could he do he had to swallow the insult and make the best of it however he determined to watch his chance of revenge and soon he got it for after a few days the camel's nose-string became entangled in a creeper and he could not get away do what he would then sandy the fox came by and saw him in this plight imagine his joy to see his enemy at his mercy off he ran and soon brought the king to that place and then the king said o oh, camel you despise my words and see the result your sin has found you out o oh, mighty king said the camel quite humble now indeed i confess my fault and i pray you to forgive me if you will only save me i will be your faithful servant the mouse king was not of a spiteful nature and as soon as he heard the camel ask forgiveness his heart grew soft he climbed up the creeper and gnawed through the camel's nose string and set the camel free the camel i am glad to say kept his word and he became a servant of the mouse king he was so big and strong that he could carry loads which would have needed thousands of mice to carry and by his help the king made very strong walls and forts around his city so that he had no fear of enemies when there was nothing else to do the camel even blacked the mouse king's boots rather than be idle so things went on for a long time but one day some woodcutters came into the forest these men lived all together in a village of their own and they used to build houses of wood when anybody wanted a house he told the woodcutters and they used to leave their village and go into the woods then they cut down the trees and sawed them into planks and shaped them into the parts of a house when the house was finished they put numbers on all the parts and took it to pieces again and put it on a raft and the raft floated down the great river to the place where the house had been ordered then they put up the house in a very short time because you see it was already made and only had to be put together these woodcutters then came and settled for a while near the borders of mouse land and in the course of their wanderings they found the stray camel they promptly seized him and carried him off when sandy told the king what had happened the mouse king was very angry indeed he sent a detachment of his bodyguard armed pie, to fetch the woodcutters into his presence the bodyguard captured two of them and led them back bound then the king demanded his camel pooh silly little mouse said the woodcutters if you want it you must fetch it i will said the king of the mice tell your chief whoever he is that i hereby declare war upon him the woodcutters laughed and went away then the mouse king gathered together all his subjects millions and millions of sturdy mice and they set out for the village of the woodcutters the woodcutters had by this time finished their job and they had been paid a good sum of money for it and the money was carefully put away and all the other money they had in a treasury now the mice were not able to meet big woodcutters in the field but they had their own tactics night and day they burrowed under the earth first they made for the treasury and though the treasury had stone walls they got up easily through the floor where no danger was expected and one by one they carried off every coin from the treasury until it was as bare as the palm of your hand then they got underneath all the houses of the village and thousands and millions of mice were busy all day and all night in carrying out little baskets of earth from beneath the foundations thus it happened that very soon the woodcutter's village was standing on a thin shell of earth and underneath it was a great hole now was the time to strike the blow the layer of earth was so thin that the least shock would destroy it so the mouse king wrote a letter to the woodcutter chief asking once more for his camel and in the letter he hid a little packet of snuff he put the letter in the post and waited next day as the woodcutter chief was sitting in his house the postman came to the door rat-tat the footman brought in a letter and the woodcutter chief opened it he read it through and laughed then he waved it in the air and said oh, let him come as he waved the letter in the air all the snuff fell out of it upon his nose the woodcutter gave a terrific sneeze Tishoo, tishoo! the thin shell of earth could not stand the shock it trembled and crumbled and fell in and all the woodcutters fell in too and all their village and nothing was left of them but a big hole then the mouse king and his army went back to mouseland, and though they never got the old camel back, for he was swallowed up along with the woodcutters, yet no one ever molested mouseland again. The valiant blackbird. A blackbird and his mate lived together on a tree. The blackbird used to sing very sweetly, and one day the king heard him in passing by and sent a fowler to catch him but the fowler made a mistake he did not catch mr blackbird who sang so sweetly but mrs blackbird who could hardly sing at all however he did not know the difference to look at her nor did the king when he got the bird but a cage was made for mrs blackbird and there she was kept imprisoned when mr blackbird heard that his dear spouse was stolen he was very angry indeed he determined to get her back by hook or by crook so he got a long sharp thorn and tied it at his waist by a thread and on his head he put the half of a walnut shell for a helmet and the skin of a dead frog served for body armour then he made a little kettle drum out of the other half of the walnut shell and he beat his drum and proclaimed war upon the king as he walked along the road beating his drum he met a cat whither away mr blackbird asked the cat to fight against the king said mr blackbird all right said the cat i'll come with you he drowned my kitten jump into my ear then says mr blackbird the cat jumped into the blackbird's ear and curled up and went to sleep and the blackbird marched along beating his drum some way further on he met some ants whither away mr blackbird asked the ants to fight against the king said mr blackbird all right said the ants we'll come too he poured hot water down our hole jump into my ear said mr blackbird in they jumped and away went blackbird beating upon his drum next he met a rope and a club they asked him whither away and when they heard that he was going to fight against the king they jumped into his ear also and away he went not far from the king's palace blackbird had to cross over a river whither away friend blackbird asked the river quoth the blackbird to fight against the king then i'll come with you said the river jump into my ear says the blackbird blackbird's ears were pretty full by this time but he found room somewhere for the river and away he went blackbird marched along until he came to the palace of the king he knocked at the door thump thump who's there said the porter general blackbird come to make war upon the king and get back his wife The porter laughed so at the sight of General Blackbird, with his thorn and his frogskin and his drum, that he nearly fell off his chair. Then he escorted Blackbird into the king's presence. "'What do you want?' said the king. "'I want my wife,' said the Blackbird, beating upon his drum, "'Rub-a-dub-dub-dub, rub-a-dub-dub.' "'You shan't have her,' said the king. "'Then,' said the Blackbird, "'you must take the consequences,' rub-a-dub-dub went the drum." seize this insolent bird said the king and shut him up in the hen-house i don't think there will be much left of him in the morning the servants shut up blackbird in the hen-house when all the world was asleep blackbird said come out pussy from my ear there are fowls in plenty here scratch them make their feathers fly wring their necks until they die out came Pussycat in an instant what a confusion there was in the hen-house cluck 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 went the hens flying all over the place but no use pussy got them all and scratched out their feathers and wrung their necks then she went back into blackbird's ear and blackbird went to sleep when morning came the king said to his men go fetch the carcass of that insolent bird and give the chickens an extra bushel of corn but when they entered the hen-house blackbird was singing away merrily on the roost and all the fowls lay around in heaps with their necks wrung they told the king and an angry king was he to-night said he you must shut up blackbird in the stable so blackbird was shut up in the stable among the wild horses at midnight when all the world was asleep blackbird said come out rope and come out stick tie the horses lest they kick beat the horses on the head beat them till they fall down dead out came club and rope from blackbird's ear the rope tied the horses and the club beat them till they died then the rope and the club went back into the blackbird's ear and blackbird went to sleep next morning the king said no doubt my wild horses have settled the business of that blackbird once for all just go and fetch out his corpse the servants went to the wild horse's stable there was blackbird sitting on the manger and drumming away on his walnut shell and all around lay the dead bodies of the horses beaten to death if the king was angry before he was furious now his horses had cost a great deal of money and to be tricked by a blackbird is a poor joke all right said the king i'll make sure work of it tonight. he shall be put with the elephants when night came the blackbird was shut up in the elephant's shed. No sooner was all the world quiet when the blackbird began to sing, "'Come from out my ear, you ants, come and sing the elephants, sting their trunk and sting their head, sting them till they fall down dead.' Out came a swarm of ants from the blackbird's ear. They crawled up inside the elephant's trunks, they burrowed into the elephant's brains, and stung them so sharply that the elephants all went mad and died." Next morning, as before, the king sent for the blackbird's carcass, and instead of finding his carcass, the servants found the blackbird rub-a-dub-dubbing on his drum, and the dead elephants piled all around him. This time the king was fairly desperate. I can't think how he does it, said he, but I must find out. Tie him tonight to my bed, and we'll see. So that night blackbird was tied to the king's bed. In the middle of the night the king, who had purposely kept awake, heard him sing, "'Come out, river, from my ear, flow about the bedroom here, pour yourself upon the bed, drown the king till he is dead.' Out came the river, pour, pour, pouring out of the blackbird's ear, it flooded the room, it floated the king's bed, and the king began to get wet. "'In heaven's name, General Blackbird,' said the king, "'take your wife and be gone.' So Blackbird received his wife again, and they lived happily ever after. THE GOAT AND THE HOG a Goat and a hog were great friends, and for a long time they lived together. But they were poor, and one day the goat said to the hog, "Goodbye, bye friend hog, I am going to seek my fortune.' ug ug said the hog. It was kindly meant, for that was all the ignorant hog could say. He intended to bid good-bye to his friend and to wish him good luck.' the goat trotted along until he came to the nearest town he found a grain shop with nobody in it so in went our goat and ate his fill of the grain and whatever he could find then he went into the inner room and sat down by and by the shopman came in his little girl was with him and the little girl began to cry for sugar go and get some out of the cupboard said the shopman the little girl ran into the inner room to get the sugar but the goat was there and when the goat saw the little girl he cried out in a solemn and loud voice little girl go run go run or your life is nearly done and my crumpled horns i'll stick through your little body quick the little girl ran out shrieking what is it my dear said the father a demon father she said save me from his crumpled horn what a terrible thing to happen in a quiet household the poor man did not know what to do so he sent for all his relations and they advised him to try what the parson could do so the parson was sent for and the clerk and the sexton with bell book and candle they lit the candle and opened the book i think it was a latin grammar which they judged would be enough to scare any demon and rang the bell and then the parson with his heart in his boots advanced into the room instantly a horrid groan burst upon his ears or so he thought and a deep voice said parson fly or i will poke this my crumpled horn into you you'll admit it is no joke when you feel its point go through you sexton dig his grave and then let the clerk reply amen the parson dropped his latin grammar and ran away nor did he stop until he was safe in his own church at this the shopman went down on his knees and put his hands together and said oh most respectable demon whoever you are i pray you do me no harm and i will worship you and offer you anything you may desire then the goat came majestically out walking upon his hind legs with his grey beard flowing from his chin and he said put wreaths and jewels about my neck and on each of my horns and round my paws and my tail and uh, give me sweetmeats to eat and i will do you no harm the shopman made haste to do all this he wreathed the goat with flowers and put all his wife's jewels upon the horns and paws and all the jewels he could borrow from his neighbours the goat went home and showed all this magnificence to his friend the hog The hog winked his greedy little eyes and somehow made his friend understand that he would like some too. Then the goat told him how he got the things and showed him the way to the place. So the hog went to the same shop and found it empty. The shopman and his little girl had gone out to tell all the town what adventures they had passed through. The hog grubbed up all he could find to eat and then went and sat in the inner room. Soon the shopman and his little girl came back the little girl ran inside to take off her little hat and what does she see but a big black hog sitting there the hog remembered his lesson and went to say some terrible thing as the goat had done but all he could get out was this did not frighten the little girl at all she ran out to her father saying oh papa there is a big black hog inside the shopman got out his knife and whetted it on the grindstone and then he went into the room said the hog the shopman said nothing but stuck his knife into the hog then there was a squealing and a squalling if you like but in two minutes the hog was dead and in two hours he was skinned and cut up and by nightfall the shopman and his little girl and all their friends were sitting round a delicious leg of roast pork and the sexton rang the bell for dinner and the parson said grace and the clerk said amen End of Part 5